0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S. and I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, July 4th, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book and we are at page 63, the second paragraph. We were now at step 3. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Marietta P., 12 Traditions, Rebecca B., and reading the text, Lisa H., Deb W., and Rachel W. The reference number for Monday, July the 3rd, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 10112, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 10114. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marietta P to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, Marietta P. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we it, we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Marietta P. And Rebecca B. will read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning, and this is Rebecca B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, Rebecca B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 63, the second paragraph, starting with we were now at step 3, through two paragraphs, ending with a very great one was felt at once, and we will be commenting on both paragraphs. And I will ask Lisa H. to begin reading. Good morning. Uh, This is Lisa H., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from
3: Tennessee. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our Maker, as we understood him God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional, as long as we expressed the idea, voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made, an effect sometimes a very great one was felt at once. Um, thank you. Good morning again. This is Lisa H. Um, compulsive overeater from Tennessee and. Um, of course, the very beginning um, the, the words that are in italics as we understood him, um, you know, and understanding uh, means to comprehend or or to grasp the idea of um, and I certainly thought that I um, understood understood God. Um, what I came to find out, what I came to understand was that I had a very limited um, idea of God. I thought God was um, way out there and um, I grew up with this um, punishing, punishing God. Um, so as I moved through the steps and especially coming to this prayer, I came to understand God in a very different way, um, that he was gentle and kind and ever present for me um, And then moving down to the, the bondage of self, you know, growing up, um, as I did in a big family, we were encouraged to do it yourself, Uh, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, um, so that I, so that I became selfish and self-centered and, and was only out for self, um, in that too, I, I learned self-criticism and self-condemnation, um, so that that the profound importance for me relieving me of the bondage of self um i remember thinking i had to get to the end of myself um and to give everything i had and and the understanding grew because i really didn't didn't know in the beginning what i was giving myself over to but i knew that it was not me i knew it was a power um a power greater than me um and then moving down again, it says that at last we could abandon ourselves utterly to him. Um, and that was, again, me coming to the end of myself, um, praying that, this, that the knowledge that I had um, would go from my head to my heart um, to where I could abandon myself um, to God as I understood God, um, which, again, in the last two and a half years has evolved greatly for me. Um The last thing that this is only a beginning, because I know we say a lot of times that this is just a decision to move on with the rest of the steps, but I think that for me, having used this prayer every day in the beginning, it gave me the willingness and the strength and the courage and the ability to trust this power greater than myself to continue um to c- continue, um, and one day at a time, because I remember, um, saying this prayer every day, you know, I certainly can, I, I could not do this myself, that I absolutely had to have a power greater than myself, um, to, to help me, A, get through the steps, um, to stay abstinent and, and to manage my, my life. Um, thank you for letting me share All my
0: past. path. Thank you, Lisa H., Okay, we'll now open up the floor for commenting on what was read today and if I could ask you please just to say your name once that will help me get the names down. So who would Kathy like to share?
4: Katina G.
5: Larry K.
0: Okay, I heard Kathy K, Somebody G and Larry Pina <laughs> K. Tina S
6: Vasa O,
7: Rachel W. Okay, let's go with that lineup
0: right now, but I'm still missing somebody G. I've got Kathy K. Harlan G. Thank you. Sorry, Harlan. Harlan G, Larry K, Tina S, Vasa O, and Rachel W. Kathy K, can you start us off, please?
8: Thank you, Lynn, very much for your service. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. And um, I love these two paragraphs. For me, uh, they were uh, both an obstacle and a turning point for me. Uh, When I first read them, I found them difficult to accept being a lifelong agnostic Um, And yet, I was encouraged by my sponsor at the time to act as if and to say this prayer um, every day to start my day um, and to sit in quiet and reflect on it. Um, And a few years into that, um, I started to miss the prayer. uh, And if I skipped a day or two, I would feel less grounded, um, less connected to this new force outside of myself, which I could hardly imagine or define. Um, So something was happening within me to increase my willingness to surrender. And to this day, I don't really know. uh, I can't say more about that, except that it was a process that took time And over the years, as I've worked the steps, many suggestions have been made to me about step three. For example, take the prayer and make it your own. You know, write it in words um, that have meaning for you. And that was really helpful to me. Um, It is a huge step, and I believe In my heart that it's not a step that we do once and for all, but rather one that we continue to revisit every day uh, when we make that decision um, to surrender uh, the bondage of self and to invite God in to help us uh, live according to the principles of these steps. So grateful to be continuing to study this very important step. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kaye.
0: And Harlan G., it's your turn. And Larry Kaye, you'll be next.
9: I'm Harlan G., I'm a, compu- a recovered compulsive old reader in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I want to thank Team Tuesday for your service this morning, making this great meeting possible. We have a lot of history here, and we have a lot of misunderstanding here. First thing I want to say is what a historical date this is in, in 12-step history, because July 4th, 1935, was when Bill Dotson left the hospital in Akron, City Hospital in Akron, never to drink again, ever throughout his life. And this was the date that Alcoholics Number 3 was released from the hospital The prayer that we see here was a very solemn ceremony in early Oxford group meetings of the drunk squad of the Oxford group. They would bring a guy up to Dr. Bob's house or they would have it in the hospital, but it was witnessed by people. Uh, They would all get on their knees or the person would get on their knees and everybody would uh, kind of decide whether the person, primarily men, but not always, had surrendered authentically and sincerely enough. And so this was done on your knees in front of other people so that they could actually decide whether or not they were going to bring you through the rest of the work. And in most cases, they they uh, would sort of look at you. But this is a very misunderstood step, step three. I hear this all the time in step three, and I've said it myself. I turned this over in step three, and I turned that over in step three. Mm-mm, nope. Nobody turned anything over in step three. Step three is the formal terms of surrender. Step three is an agreement to go on with four through 12. And at the end of the prayer that we say on page 63, if I've really taken step three, And I'm going to go down tomorrow. We're going to look at the paragraph beginning with next. Notice it doesn't say in six months. Notice it doesn't say in a year. Notice it doesn't say in three weeks. It says next. And if you've ever been to a delicatessen in Chicago, when that guy says next, you better know what you want or he's going to go to the next customer. Next, we launched out on a vigorous course of action. That means right away, right now, I've got a piece of paper in my hand and a pencil in my hand, and I'm doing columns across for resentment, four of them. And I'm doing columns across for fear, and I'm doing that next. And I'm doing five columns for my sex inventory, and I'm doing my sexual ideal. Because right now, I am now embarking on step four. So, what am I doing in step three? I'm making a decision and I'm having a beginning. It's a decision and a beginning to do four through 12. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan G. Larry K., it's your turn, and Tina S., you'll be next.
5: Good morning, good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Um, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, so I'm gonna certainly piggyback on what, what Harlan had to say. Seems to know what he's talking about here. (laughs) Um, In step three, we're asked to make a decision, right? And for any decision to mean anything, it will always require further action. And that's what Harlan was talking about. For example, uh, yesterday, I I made a decision yesterday about today. I made a decision yesterday that I'm going to travel to to Starved Rock State Park in, I think it's Oglesby, Illinois. And I made a decision to research a little bit about it. I've been there before. And, uh, boy, that was great in making that decision. Okay, now I've got to take further action. Today is here. Looks to be a nice day. I've got to take further action to get there. That decision that I made yesterday isn't going to get me to Starved Rock State Park, I can assure you. Now, if we, if we decide to make up our mind to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand God, that decision alone will not turn it over. We have to take the actions necessary, like Harlan uh, spoke about. And, so, and that's, that's partly what I didn't get, because I didn't immediately start taking those actions. I would get to the third step, and I would kind of, um, you know, wonder and conceptualize and intellectualize what this means, not taking any specific action as I, in, my conceptual, in, in my conceptual mind yet. And eventually, for a guy like me, the obsession would kick in. And I would pick up the food and I would trigger the allergy and I would not feel worthy enough to take that, that, those next actions because, of course, I wasn't in the sense that I was still at step one. I can't be making a decision in step three when I haven't even addressed the problem because I'm still into the food, and I know it. And that's one of the problems I think that we see, and I know it from my experience, is we get to step three, we start conceptualizing and intellectualizing, and before you know it, the obsession creeps up on us. We pick up the food, and actually we never, we never fully embraced the problem. So we're, real, we're not in step three. We're in step one. We have to put the food down. We have to put the syringe down 100%. We have to move rapidly. And when we, get, when we make that decision to get to Star Block State Park, we have to immediately jump in the car and get moving. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks. And thank you, Larry K. Tina S., it's your turn. And Vasa O., you'll be next.
4: Tina S., press star 1 to unmute. We can't hear you.
0: Okay, perhaps I got that name wrong. Vasa, oh, are you
7: available to go ahead?
10: Yes, I am. Thank you. Good Thank morning, you. everyone. Oh, maybe she's back? Okay. No, I think um, it's you. Okay. Thank can you. you hear me then? Oh, Tina, is that you? Yes. Okay,
0: Sorry we about hear that. you I got I got cut cut off. Okay, go ahead, Tina. I can wait for after Vasa. That's fine.
11: Tina, why don't you go ahead, okay? All right, thank you. Um, you. Thanks, Lynn, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. I'm grateful to be on the line. And, um, you know, I, too, am going to follow the the ones that went on before me on this meeting. I am on the same page, you know, that this is but a, a decision. You know, and I also heard to go on with the rest of the steps, and you know the <laughs> the alcoholic addict that I am, I'm like, what does that exactly mean and And through the process of the progress for me, you know, when I continue to say this prayer on a daily basis, what comes about for me is a transformation, or I start to trust in God when I make that decision, and it says to build with me, to do with me, to take away my difficulties, you know to to help others. and so this for me is just to trust God, clean, health, clean house, and help others prayer, you know, so that I get that opportunity to take the action, which was talked about, you know, because, you know, I too, you know, in order for me to make a decision, there has to be that follow through. And, you know, and I love that I get on here and, and I'm just re- reaffirming or repeating what somebody else's said because that just shows me that this, this stuff works. You know, we all do it. You know, we all take that action if we want that transformation. And, and I do one day at a time. And, um, you know, and I love all that's shared, and I love that I have an opportunity to get on the line every day and to hear this stuff being done, not just talked about it, you know, because there's a lot of theorizing in the world, you know, of addiction and in recovery programs, but here I hear that everybody's really doing the deal. So with that, I'll pass. Love it. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you,
10: Tina
0: S. Okay, Vasa, it's your turn. And after Vasa, we have Rachel W.
10: Yes, I'm back. Thank you, everyone. Thank for you. Grateful, Recovered Compulsive Overeem, you know, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, well, this is one of the best, it's the best step for me, you know, and step uh, 11, prayer and meditation. If I didn't take the, this step, I would have never... Continued with my program, and uh, I don't know where I'll be today. So, for me, again, I was 12 step for about a week, you know, not, not going to meetings. A program person, 12 step, me, not reading the book, you know. She would tell me a little bit about this step, a little bit of that step, and uh, she gave me so much hope. And the, she said, The only way we can recover from this compulsive overeating is if we surrender to god you know and there's no any other way and i was ready and i was just so willing you know i just didn't want to die and um you know I, she did take me to my first meeting and um we went our driveway brought me home i found so much hope when i went to the first meeting and she said vast again we got to surrender and that's the key and i was ready and willing And I went in my bathroom, and I surrendered. Then I was terrified to get on my knees. So I did the third step with not a person or a counselor or a clergyman. I met God right there in my own bathroom. And I remember saying, oh, my goodness, if my father, my mother saw me praying in the bathroom, they'd probably get mad at me. You know, you don't pray in the bathroom. You go to church and pray. But anyways, I took the risk, and I took the chance. And she did say, I did grow up with a fearful, punishing God. And she said, you know, I will lend you my God. I have different kind of God. So I still was mixed up. I was still afraid. But I did it anyways, you know. And she said, fake it until you get it. I, I just listened, and I did what, I, what she told me to do. And I did surrender 150% with the food. I mean, with the food. I knew I was powerless over the food, and I knew I needed to surrender. And if it meant to God, to the 12 steps, or whatever. And uh, I did it. And something good, something wonderful happened to me. You know, uh, I I I got the connection with my higher power. It was instant, right there. And that's what kept me coming back to the programs. You know, if I didn't have the experience, I don't think I would have had the patience, you know. So God was doing what, he knew what he was doing with me. And this is my own experience, you know. And everybody has their own experience, and I love to hear about other people's experiences. And, uh, and then gradually I started surrendering with my life and will as I was going through the steps. This is what transformation became to me. That was only the beginning, putting the food down, and that was the last time I ate You know, that's where my abstinence started from that night. And it is by the grace of God I've been abstinent. And I'm not saying it has been joyful work. but I'll wrap it up. And, you know, it has been a journey going through the steps. Thank you for letting Shanna pass. Thank you,
0: Vasa O. And Rachel W., it's your turn.
12: Thank you so much for your service. This is Rachel W., Recover compulsive Reader. Calling from New York. Um, you know, I grew up in Southern Illinois, and we had the most spectacular scenery where I was. Um, I remember, like the, the, you know, it, the, the, uh, in my backyard, it was like. I'm in New York now. There's like a ton of mountains, and in Illinois, everything is flat as far as the I, eye yeah, I could see. The most spectacular sunsets, the westerns, and I knew, I knew, growing up as a little girl. There was something else. There was a power out there. So when I came to this program and I was told that there was this power that could actually help me um, in my food compulsion, my food obsession, my addictive behavior, there was something else out there. So it wasn't such a far leap because I knew there was something else. Right now I'm I'm hiking on a nature trail in New York. I, I know there's something else. But the question is, and the work it took was to go from step two to three, saying, well, there's that power, but what does it have to do with me? And and making this, and, and cultivating a relationship with a personal power. What is that? And, and, you know, the way I used to pray was, hi, God, it's me. Um, you know, you know me, <laughs> you know what I need. And uh, so I won't bother you too much anymore. You can get along, go, go ahead and help the next person because see you're not really not interested in me because God wasn't doing what I wanted God to do. And, and what happens in step three is I realize my higher power base is, is God working through you, working through other people to, to send me the messages I need to get to grow. And, and in step three, this, this, there's a sentence there, take away my difficulties. And I always wondered about this what are my difficulties? I have one difficulty, and that is a lack of acceptance. I have a really hard time accepting that certain situations in my life are really what God wants me to be. That's what I ate over. That's what I continually mentally obsessed over are the things that I have a problem with accepting. So when I'm here and in step three, and I'm offering myself to God. I'm offering myself to the personal God that I'm cultivating. And it's, it's a relationship that expands every single day. Because guess what? My difficulties tend to expand every single day. Even as a recovered person, life doesn't get easier. It doesn't stop. I'm not asking in step three, please take away all my challenges. so like can just have an easy life. I, I don't think that's what we're meant to do here anyway. It seems, it appears to be that the challenges get bigger. But you know what? My higher power base has to be larger than anything I'm going through in my life. And this is this is going to be the foundation for me to move on to step four or five, all the rest of the steps. This is also, it's a constant, it's a constant work. It's a constant effort. And it's something that I could only do um, in this program with the help of all of you. So thanks for allowing me to share and I pass.
0: And thank you, Rachel W. If you're just joining us now, we are on page 63. Starting with the paragraph, we were now at step three and finishing up on a very great one was felt at once and commenting on both paragraphs. Who would like to share? Reba P.
4: Michael H.
13: Barbara E.
0: Anyone else? Martha S. Mr. R. Okay, I have Reva P, Michael H, Barbara E, Martha S, and Nessa R. Let's go with that lineup. And Reva, can, can you start just- off for us, please? Oh, I'm Kim G. Okay, see
7: if we can get everybody in. Go ahead, Reva, please. Hi, it's Reva P, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater, also from Toronto. Um, what struck me this morning is the line, take away my difficulties. And when I first came into program, I thought that meant take away you know, a difficult boss at work, take away the fact that my kids aren't listening to me, um, take away that I'm not earning enough money. But I now understand that the difficulty is me and my thinking, which is what we read in the paragraphs before. It's the selfishness. So when I'm asking to take away my difficulties, at this point I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what my blocks are, but I'm willing to do the work to find out, so that I can, um, as somebody puts it, uncover, discover, and then, you know, be relieved of those things. Um, the other thing that struck me is just having a thinking well before taking this step. I find a lot of people get caught up at this step about thinking we're supposed to know who our higher power is and identify him or her and have a relationship. But I can't possibly have a relationship with a higher power if I'm blocked because um, I'm only at step three. Um, so thinking well, all that I need to ask is, am I willing to do the work? Are you willing to go to any lengths to do the work? Um, and you know what? Sometimes we're not. Um So as long as I'm willing to do the work, that's the only decision I have to make. And the last thing I wanted to share on is Thy Way of Life. This is so not what I thought it was. I thought it was about um, taking away external problems so I could get everything to be the way I wanted it to be, including my goal weight. But Thy Way of Life really means um, being abstinent and doing God's way of life, like life on God's term, which is more about being useful to other people um, as opposed to getting my needs met. And just like the paragraph above says, it's so um, it's such a paradox of the program that when I am more other-centered, thinking about what I am needed for, as somebody puts it, as opposed to what I need, I'm actually more content and satisfied in my life. Um, and as others shared, yeah, this is just the decision. And if I don't do anything about a decision, I get nothing with that. I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Michael H.,
0: it's your turn. And Barbara E., you'll be next.
14: Great. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Can be heard?
0: Yes, we can. Thank you.
14: Great. This is Michael H., uh, calling from the. Great state of Illinois. I just wanted to plug in real quick to the power of, of these pages this morning. Um, I am a compulsive reader, recovered, and um, what what a great place to be, really, um, in this in this chapter. I I feel like, as we shared, this is is uh, many times we shared is obviously a decision that we have to make. Was I ready to offer myself to God or not was was I ready to abandon myself utterly to him or or was I not? because if I was not willing to do that, then I could not proceed with the rest of this step so in that in that place i I'm grateful that I was there and I was willing to offer myself I was willing to surrender my life to to what i uh, know is, is God's will, as I understand him. But it's also, I also look back at the time I, I just saw this and thought, well, this is a prayer, but then realizing that it's proper place here when we're going through the steps is, is clearly a decision to move on to work the rest of the steps after we make this decision. But I also look at it as a, a great prayer um, that is obviously said by many. Um, and I didn't say it too much in the beginning, but now I do most every day. And it also has his promises mixed in with it. I, when I do, when I make the decision, or when I do the steps, rather, and I offer myself to God, the the great, the great. That's the action that I have to take in this little microcosm of a prayer. And then He's going to do the rest. I don't see me doing a lot after that. I offer myself to Him. I get recovered. I work this deal. I offer myself so that He can build with me. He does this work. He does the He does the miracle. He did the miracle for me. I'm asking I'm asking my higher power to do these things because I can't relieve myself of the bondage of myself so that I can better do His will. I, I'm just not going to do that on my own. I can't take away my difficulties but he can and and he did for me many of them and so the victory over all those things all the things that I've experienced is not for me it's so that so that may bear witness to those I would help not of Michael H's power no 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 of God's power and and not of my love either but of God's love and this way of life and and it is you know, I see a lot of promises mixed in there that these things are going to happen, and, and they have for me, and I'm Time grateful.
9: Please. Uh,
14: thank you. That'll i pass.
9: Thank
0: you, Michael H. Barbara E., it's your turn, and Martha X., you're up next. Good morning, everyone, and happy 4th of July.
13: It's Barbara E. from New Jersey. I always thought I had done the one 2 three, waltz. But I realized, today, I'd really only done the one step. Is there a one step? I was willing to say I was a compulsive overeater. I knew I was a compulsive overeater. I'd been born a compulsive overeater. But a power greater than myself? I don't know. I joked about the refrigerator being a power greater than myself, but a power greater than myself? I don't think so. And then when I got to step three, having never really convinced myself of step four, and I said diligently that third step prayer, all I really took out of it was relieve me of my difficulties. I didn't want to do God's will. I didn't want to help others. I wanted my difficulties to disappear. I ate until I could no longer stuff any more food in my body, and then I waited for the feeling to subside, and I continued eating, and I did it diet after diet after diet, lost it and gained it, lost it and gained it. But this morning, I I grew up in the city, and I heard about the delicatessen, I spent many a weekend in the delicatessen. I know if you don't have exactly what your order is, that deli man gets very annoyed and just moves on. No one told me I had to be ready to take 4 through 12 immediately. We used yesterday lots of analogies, an arch, a bridge. I was sitting on my deck. My eyes were closed. The sun was beating down, and I saw a rainbow yesterday. And I heard, God help me, I heard somewhere over the rainbow. I pictured myself at one end of the rainbow and getting to the other side. I had to call my sponsor, the step sponsor yesterday, and say, I haven't had any defects recently. Everything is wonderful. What's wrong with me? And she said, fantastic. Keep going. Keep examining. Something has changed in me. I've had a psychic change. It's as a result of going on through steps four through 12. I'm not there yet. I'm only hovering in step 10, hovering, hovering, and grateful for it. But I had to step up to that deli counter and say, gosh darn it, I'm going to do it. I was born an agnostic. I can find my own conception of a higher power, but I have got to believe in it. I've got to believe that I can help myself and others because unless I pay it forward, it's going to die. It's going to disappear. I'm doing Time it for, for you. Thank you so much. Pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. Martha S., it's your turn. And Nessa
4: R., you'll be next. Martha S., press star 1 to unmute. We don't hear you. Thank you. Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, we can. Thank you.
15: Thank you very much. This is Martha S., recovered compulsive eater in upstate New York. Thank you for all of your service. I'm traveling, so I'm really grateful to be able to participate and share on this meeting and listen to all of you. Um, When I was first on Step 3 about two and a half, well, three years ago, I didn't spend much time here and um, I felt a lot of resistance to Step 3 because I was an agnostic. But fortunately my sponsor um, told me that it was simply a decision to keep an open mind um, and to continue working through the steps. I love. Story that I, I have borrowed many times from another visionary about the, the three frogs on a log in the pond, or the five frogs or so. Three of them make a decision to jump off. How many are on the log? Still five on the log because they only made a decision; they haven't done it yet. So, <clears throat> so for me, step three was just willingness to continue moving forward, so I could learn the skill set in steps four through nine that would um, connect me with a higher power um, and and that did work for me. I, I did uh, realize the promise of step 12 as a result of working the steps. I did have a spiritual awakening, but really I had to experience each step for myself No one could have convinced me in these early chapters um, that it would work for me. I had to experience them one at a time, following the instructions from my sponsor and the instructions in the big book. And um, it did work for me, and I've been recovered for a while now, and I'm very, very grateful for this way of life. And that's all that I wanted to share this morning. Thank you. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Martha S. Nessa R., it's your turn, and Kim G., you'll be next. Hi, good morning, version for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive
6: overeater in Toronto, Canada. I also want to share on the line of take away my difficulties. Um, You know, as other people before me have shared so beautifully, um, does this mean that uh, I'm going to get everything I want, that, you know, people are going to obey the traffic the traffic rules that i'm going to have a big house with lots of bathrooms Uh, i'm going to have plenty of money that my children will take out the garbage without being asked that people are going to show up at the eight item or less line in the supermarket with eight items or less um you know my my experience has been as a result of having done the steps as a result of continuing to use the steps every day of my life, that I've been transformed. I've experienced a psychic change, which means the way I think and process reality has changed entirely. And so to me, take away my difficulties means that now my life is perfect, just not perfect in the way I would have defined perfect prior to recovery, but perfect now in the sense that I look at things differently. I don't, um, my well-being no longer depends on external circumstances and, and people doing what I think they should be doing and behaving in the ways that they should be behaving. And, you know, uh, material circumstances, circumstances being comfortable, et cetera. But my life is perfect now because, you know, not only I, now I have, um, a beautiful relationship with God but my will is aligned with God's will. So that when I face adversity and challenges, when, you know, I am in a hurry and I need to get a dozen eggs and somebody, you know, comes into the line in the supermarket with fifteen items to the eight item or less um, line, you know, I, I don't get upset. I, I, I view that uh, in a completely different perspective as a gift of time to maybe make a phone call, read a passage in the big book or, or whatever. Just my thinking has totally been transformed in a way that it's not all about me and what I want, and that makes my life so much easier to live, and it makes me easier to live with as well. Not only for my family, but everybody around me. So, take away my difficulties to me means don't not necessarily make my life what I would have wanted it to be prior to recovery, but give me a perspective that enables me to. Um, to deal with life as it comes without having compulsively overeat. Do I get that in step three? No. Uh, I view this as a promise of, um, of, that comes true after having done all the work and continuing to do the work as it, as it, as it is necessary. And that certainly has been my experience,
0: and with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. And Kim Ji, it's your turn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning,
3: all. My name is Kim Ji, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. God, I offer, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. You know, I I love that word offer because that means there's no strings attached. You know, I was always someone that was bargaining, trying to figure out an angle. You know, so what is this? You know, I'm not only making a decision, I'm making an informed decision. And where is that information coming from? All the information before. You know, I have to fully concede that I have this allergy. I need entire abstinence. This is not just about compulsive overeating. It's not just the behavior. It includes behaviors, but the food must die. I must understand I can no longer moderately binge, use my binge foods. And I have to acknowledge I have this mental twist that abstinence isn't enough. In fact, abstinence is the problem. I can't get comfortable abstinence. And when I truly understand that I am powerless, I am powerless in the food, and I am powerless when I am not eating. And that propels me to step two where I need a power. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to figure it out. The question is, does my powerlessness propel me to need a power? And in step three, as beautiful as this prayer is, this is just an affirmation of everything we've learned on pages 60 and 62. So do I, what are the fruits of living on self-will? Am I constantly in collision with other people? At my best moments, am I in confusion rather than harmony? Is selfish and self-sourness really the root of my trouble? And are my troubles of really of my own making? And at that point, I can make an informed decision to turn from a self-centered way of living to a God-centered way of living. I don't know how to do that, but the need to learn how to do that is there at this point. And I love the word "built." Build. Because I have to tell you, my dad's a Marine. I always think of this. When my dad talks about boot camp, and my dad's 80, and he went to boot camp over 50 years ago. And when he talks about it, he talks about the fact they don't come into boot camp being taught how to be a a Marine. What they do is they tear the civilian out of you. And at that point, when you have no identity, that's when they begin to build you up into the few and the proud which is why I need to have all the pages before. Until I am totally defeated in, the, in, the, in my own idea of self-will, I, God, does, God cannot mold me like the clay I need to be. This is a return to me, for me personally to be the child of God I was always meant to be. And I have to tell you, I see a picture of my father, and my dad was this gangly, skinny, tall guy with a you know Elvis DA when he went into boot camp. And the picture after boot camp, 11 weeks later, he put on 30 pounds of muscle with that marine buzz cut and this determined look on his face. That's the transformation that is possible if we make this decision and also continue to do the work of 4 through 12. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. We have time for one more three-minute share. Who would like to ask? Katie G. from Boston. Okay, sorry, I heard Irene first. Would you like to go ahead, Irene? Thank you.
16: Sorry, thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, for always taking care of me. A simple, beautiful prayer that's going to create a connection that I need that power, that I crave to be a powerful person, that I can have peace in my mind and heart, that I need to trust and have faith that this will happen, that all my needs will be met. So once I came to a conclusion that I was totally powerless, and my life was un- unmanageable this was the next step by offering myself to god and this is just the beginning as i grow as we grow into that spiritual life leaning towards god so it's a decision to open up it's a decision to open up your fist let go what you're holding on to that's you know, I had to let go what was harming me and put myself in a new position to now accept what will be handed to me because now I'm open. I have an open fist. I have an open hand. And I'm inviting what's to come to me. It's that process that I'm going to hold on to. I'm going to grab onto four through nine. That's what I'm going to start doing. And I'm going to be working towards that light of the spirit that will free me from the bondage of self. It's having my hand open to grab hold onto something new, a fellow's hand to guide me through the steps, to grab onto um, a power that will heal me and save me from me. And it's taking that commitment. It's taking that responsibility. It's making an agreement to take this action, and this all requires willingness to do so. Thank you, and I pass.
0: And thank you, Irini M like to thank everyone who shared this morning, and to thank our readers, Marietta P., Rebecca B., Lisa H., Deb W., and Rachel W., who are in the wings. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share idea for today, Tuesday, July the 4th, 2017, is 10117. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Lisa, sorry, Deb W, read that for us?
17: Good morning. This is Deb W, recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your